Hey y'all, this is Josiah Gray, and this is Half Street High Heat. Hope you enjoy today's episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat, and it is a slightly different episode tonight, as I am not joined by Amanda. I am not joined by Ryan either, but I am joined by Trey, the man, the myth, the legend, the YouTube sensation. Can I call you a YouTube sensation? Does that fly? Yeah, I mean, it's a nice ego boost. So yeah, there you, you go. The, go the, ahead. I mean, the I like Half Street High Heat YouTube sensation. Trey, you can follow him, follow him on Twitter at reverse to R2S and follow the show at Half Street High Heat. I am still under the weather, so if you hear me like choke on my air like I just did, I apologize. So we are uh, flu gaming this tonight for the third week in a row, but I'm here joined by Trey. Trey, what's going on? Uh, nothing much. Just watched the Nats secure a W tonight, which was cool, uh, despite some you know hijinks from the manager but we'll get to that i'm sure oh yeah uh, but yeah excited to join in for this this week let's 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 uh, let's talk baseball i know right um so it's been a little bit about a month because i think you're the last time you were on we were doing our rankings and that was slightly before the season got underway what are your thoughts you know about a month in on this team relative to expectations both for certain players and the team as a whole Oh, I mean, that's a that's a mixed bag of we got time. It's the yeah. beginning of the episode. Yeah, good. All right. Uh, well, you know, uh, I've actually been really impressed with the pitching. I mean, they're not statistically great, but they're not the worst team, which is like where they were last year. So that's definitely a good improvement. And it, a lot of the young guys specifically are pitching well. Um, so that's that's a big plus uh, early on in the season. Bats have been pretty bad. Uh that's there's not really much else to say besides they don't have any power, especially from the left side. I mean, Candelario's leading the team in homers with like four, so that's not good. Uh, you know, plus Davey refuses to play Stone Garrett, so guy that could help is sitting on the bench. But yeah, no, uh, my main gripe with this season so far is Davey, and I feel like how you feel where they've been in these games and they've had chances to win more. Than what their record says, but Davey has kind of taken them out of some of those games. Um, you know, most recently I would point at the Pirate series, game one of the doubleheader. It's a four to three game in the seventh or eighth. I mean, the Nats are right there. They're battling to make it a there was a four to one game. So they're trying to make a comeback. And then you bring in uh you bring bring in Ward, which was I didn't have a problem with Ward but he brings him back out for the eighth and then he walks a guy and then he brings in Bonda. So, <laughs> I mean, what, why are we punting the game right there with a the one run lead? And then Bonda like loaded the bases and then Ramirez had to come in and try and salvage it. And we lost, but like, that's, a, that's just one example of a game that we could have won. And uh, Davey kind of played us out of it. But uh, 
you know, I'm pretty, I'm actually kind of okay with where some, where like some of the young players are at. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I really like to see uh, the way Ruiz is hitting the ball. Uh, a lot of line drives, despite some pretty awful luck as per usual with him. Uh, but a lot of line drives, a lot of line drives from Luis Garcia, also one of the most unlucky hitters in baseball so far. Uh, so I actually like the way they're swinging the bat. And CJ Abrams has uh, swung the bat decently well. He definitely has a hole at the top of the zone right now, but uh, you know he can go go down and get that low pitch. So uh, we like that. We like to see that his power is also coming through a bit with the homers. Um, so there's definitely some stuff that I like, um, and most of the stuff I dislike is because of the manager. So. I, I'd say overall that's a better outcome than the players disappointing me completely. Yeah, uh, I would agree. Uh, that game on Saturday, it was game one of the doubleheader for anyone who watched it or was there or anything like that. Uh, yeah, so the final score was six to three. I never thought the Nationals were all that competitive in that game. Uh, it seemed like they were pretty flat. The entire game and it was kind of almost surprising to see them be that close and then of course my suspicions were confirmed with the second game in the doubleheader and how that game unfolded yeah that was uh bad. but that doesn't mean you just punt right yeah that's that's and, my point like they didn't score and they might not have scored they might not have won but like right you're basically right. telling your team uh yeah we're not gonna win it's like and, okay, well down they're definitely not gonna win for sure and like Davey came out after the game. I don't know if it was after the first game or like the next morning after both of those games, but he had said, oh, if the Nats were tied or winning, he would have gone with the A bullpen. But it's like, why are we having preconceived plans for bullpen strategy? Like, why couldn't we go Ward? And if Ward did well and we found ourselves into a game. Why couldn't we go to a Harvey then? Or like even a Finnegan then? Or and granted, and, like you you didn't know what was gonna happen in, in game two, right? But you, sure. you win you win the game that's in front of you, right? And I mean, shoot, yes, 16 to 1 sucks, but like you could have pitched position players from the fifth inning on. Like that's how that game unfolded. Well, so yeah, like, well, because of the rule change, they can't anymore, but well, if they're down by seven or more, they can. Is that true? Yes. Oh, I didn't actually know that. Yes. Well, either way, uh, Hunter Harvey pitched in the freaking second game. So I think he could have been right. used in the first game instead. Right, but but that's kind of my point. And uh, yeah, to kind of exactly. like support yours is that, you know, yeah, no, was I'm it punting? You. I mean, maybe like. As soon as Bond. Honestly, honestly kind of, kind of, yeah. Like I'm going to try, well, not try. I'm not going to try to defend him because I've, I've never been one to do that to begin with but like to say to admit that you're going with your b bullpen in a game that was that close is punting like that that kind of is the actual definition of the word so it was just frustrating and there's been obviously several several situations like that Um, and and also you know the previous series the nationals showed you that they could make a comeback Right. I mean, they they took the, had that crazy game in New York where I mean they didn't end up winning, but they took the lead. So like, anything's possible at that point. Like that's why I'm like, like I I don't think they I, like you said they were flat. Like I don't think they were going to score. I don't think they were going to win the game. But I mean, you're definitely not going to win if you don't give them a chance. So uh, that that definitely bothers me because he's done that a couple 
Well, he's done that pretty much throughout his whole time here, really. But yeah, uh, yeah, definitely some winnable games that they have not been able to win either by the bats just not being there or the manager. Yep. Have you, uh, did you mention Luis Garcia? Yeah, no, he's, uh, I I mentioned quickly that he's just been very unlucky so far because the numbers aren't there. Yes, correct. So the reason he's been unlucky is that Darnell Coles is his hitting coach. (laughs) Um, that is just not a recipe for success. Like, and we give Davey a lot of flack and deservedly so, but Darnell Coles is like one of the worst things to happen to this team. Yeah, I mean, hell, even Jim Higgy looks like he's kind of turning a corner in some respects. The bar was a floor, but <laughs> like he, a lot of the pitching has looked better than it was. Yeah. But again, the bar was a floor. We were the worst pitching staff in Major League Baseball last year. Without looking, and maybe you already have looked this up. You want to guess what Luis Garcia's launch angle is? Uh, well, it's probably pretty low. Um, although, you know, it's probably not as low as I think, though. I'll go uh, negative, uh, like uh, negative uh, five or something. Oh, uh, well, you're too far, but okay. Um, the MLB average is 12.1, if that helps. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely lower than that, but um. Oh yeah, it's way lower than that. It's probably two. Close. 1.6. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true for a lot of Nats hitters. Which effectively means he's swinging flat. Which, if you can, you know, picture this in your mind, if I can paint you a mental image, you're swinging flat and the ball will not ever get over the infield. Like, it just won't. You would have to hit it like a I don't know. I'm not. What's the ESPN guy? The sports science guy? I'm not the sports science guy. Oh, I, I don't know. John Brinkett. Anyway, I, I can't remember. Um, You would have to hit it like 150 miles off the bat to hit it over the infield while swinging at a 1.6 launch angle. And like Luis Garcia has popped too. That's Definitely. the thing with this Nats team. It's not like they're. Uh, a, a team full uh i was gonna say cj abrams but even he has had two home runs in the past week um like it's it's not like they are without that profile they have guys that could do that but they're being told to swing down on the ball like they're trying to take advantage of the lack of the shift which is a thought process but hey if we can hit doubles in the gap that's way better than you know ground balls through the infield you know, and this team can do that. It's just, my God, 1.6. And it's not like he was all that high to begin with. He was a 5.5 last year and a 4.1 uh, launch angle in 2021. So there wasn't much room to get lower than what he was already doing. And he somehow has. Like, you, you weren't even that far off with your negative um, launch angle. Like, he's almost swinging down on the ball, which why would you hit the ball straight into the ground? It just makes no sense. So that that's frustrating, but I do love that he's hitting second. I mean, Oh, well, there's a lot to like about how his approach this year as well. Like these numbers are going to turn because, you know, even though he, he has the low launch angle, uh, the expected numbers are still with like, he's, he's just getting really unlike And like, even this week, I, f- I feel like I, I can just remember so many line drive outs from him. So I, I, I don't think he should 
change too much but yeah you definitely want him to elevate because he's got way more pop than they're giving him credit for he could be a you know 15 20 homer guy if they let him um so i'm I, I agree with that they gotta probably raise the team wide launch angle but that seems to not gonna not gonna be a thing until they get rid of coles because that's man i wonder if hitting philosophy i suppose can you look up a team's launch angle i'm sure you can interesting i don't I'll know have, i'll have to find that <laughs> um but yeah so i just wanted to point Actually, that out maybe because all right i'll try to stall while you look it up um yeah I, there was just like several instances like you mentioned of guys that just don't have a launch angle but then you look at someone like caber ruiz and his launch angle is fine it's at a 15.1 but you also see kind of the benefits of that he has more extra base hits and um i mean he only has two home runs but he doesn't have the same quite the same pop that um that garcia does but it, it's just i don't know but his he was kind of going the opposite way where his launch angle was really high coming into the league he was at a 24 like uh degree launch angle i almost said average that's not right 24 degree launch angle and then he's had to reel that back in it was 18 and then 15 and then 15 uh, so far this year so garcia was like too low and now it's somehow even going lower so that's frustrating yeah i actually have found the answer um, oh yeah they are currently 24th in the league with a 10.6 average launch angle it's actually higher than i thought but still low in terms of the rest the rest of the league and below average i need to sure. figure out who's raising right there with average. the right there with the mets and braves okay they're actually higher than the Mets and Braves. And the Braves have like, they're like 30 and two or whatever. <laughs> they're they're playing so well. Well, their pitching is also just insane. Oh, yeah. No, there's, geez, that team is nuts. But yeah, no, so 10.6 on the average launch angle is, is below average, but a little bit better than I thought. But yeah, um, Ruiz, again, another guy who gets unlucky as well. I mean, he had a rocket line drive into the corner tonight that got caught. I was like, geez, man, what do you got to do to get an extra base hit sometimes? Yeah. Just hit it over the wall, I guess. That's what they're going to have to start doing. Yeah, that's for sure. But yeah, <laughs> along that, we kind of got off track there, but this team could be good. And they, they were, for the most part, good over the past week. So tonight we're talking about the Mets series, the Pirates series, and then we'll cover the first two games of the Cubs series since we're recording a little bit later in the week. Um, and ironically in those eight games, the Nats are four and four. So if you had told us that, you know, in any sort of eight game stretch, the Nats went 500 at the beginning of the season, you're like, yeah, like that, that, that's a good stretch of baseball, which, which it was, but it was a little bit more up and down than I would have liked to have seen. Definitely. (laughs) The consistency is very much not there and they're tends to be a pattern when the starting pitching does well the team for the most part answers when the starting pitching struggles in any regard even like if you want to use Mackenzie Gore's um start yesterday against the Cubs uh like it wasn't his best start certainly but he gave up four runs it's not like he gave up 12 right it wasn't the offense Sorry to cut you off, but I was just going to say the offense did not help him at all by 
I mean, how many one pitch ground balls against Drew Smiley right. last night? Like they did not give him any time. Like he had the long second inning and they went like seven pitches in the next inning. Like work a count, guys. Come on, let's give your pitcher a chance to rest. We don't have to hit one pitch ground balls. They've so, done yeah, that that's so definitely much. The, the Coles, it's the Coles hitting philosophy is be aggressive and put the ball in play early. And it's it's not it's not translating to results. There's been several games, and I believe yesterday was one of them, the, the Drew Smiley game, where they've gone the full game without working a walk. And it's just like that's possible. It could have possibly been yesterday because he was all around the zone. I'm pretty sure it was because I know they went two games um, without working a walk in the Guardian series. And there was two games after the fact, like it's been a a and you're just getting baited into that. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what Drew Smiley wants you to do is to swing it, pitches low zone and hit ground balls. I actually have this up. Let's look. Yeah, the Nats are 24th in the league in walks. And yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's not good company. They're behind the Tigers for what's that worth? For what that's worth? Yeah. So, and no shocker, the best teams in the league, or in terms of working walks, Dodgers, Padres, Mets, Pirates, Orioles, Braves, Guardians. Like, I mean, those are your top top seven. Um, so no surprise that working more walks is conducive to more success. And yeah, um. I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, uh, over the the past eight games. So a little bit of a roller coaster. You would have liked that to have been more consistent. So you have something to build on because it's hard to, you know, maintain success or sustain, sustain success when you're constantly having to dig yourself out of a hole that, you know, was kind of unnecessary, right? When you have a big win and you have that, that building block to work from, you know, in, in especially in a series then, or uh, a stretch of games like this where you don't have many off days, like you should be able to sustain that and carry that over one game to the next. But they seem to completely forget who they are on a daily basis. And it's crazy. Yeah. You know, I guess the one thing I, I will say is, uh, you know, they had the rain delay. So maybe that kind of stunted not. the momentum. No, um, no, dude. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna give them a no for yeah that. I look uh, what the, the pirates six, did 16 uh stinker is definitely the big sore spot from this past week of i'm games glad you said 16-0 because that one run did not count i refuse to count it dude i no joke forgot about it <laughs> i totally no, scrubbed I'm that from my memory not counting it um, yeah uh yeah no, no we're not gonna count that one no. uh but yeah so uh 16 to zero as i said um yeah, that, that one definitely hurts because you feel like before that this week, they were playing all right. I mean, if the game one, they didn't hit that great, but they they were in it at least. But then, yeah, then you have the uh, the total stinker. So that one that one definitely doesn't feel good. Really ruined their run differential for this stretch of games, too, because uh, that was looking that was actually looking decent for a while. But now it doesn't. <laughs> if anything, it got the run differential back to where I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's. That is a testament to the Nats staying in these games for the most part, but right. But that, that goes to my point them. that I feel like I'm, um, <laughs> like the argument I'm, I'm making every single episode we do is that this team should be better. And it comes down to the manager. And it's like, some people have joined the cause, which I appreciate. I love you guys, but some <laughs> people are still so like opposed to the idea that the manager has an effect on like wins and losses. Like I, I made this argument and 
Uh, well, I'll get your thoughts. Uh, we were going to save this, you know, for an argument down the line, whatever. Like, how many wins do you think? Uh, uh, well, let me back up. Who do you think the best manager in baseball is? Right now? Right now. If you could pick a manager. Probably, uh, I I would love to have Scott Cervais. I think that I think I think I'd really love to have him. Okay, interesting. That that's not even my top three, but okay. Anyways, damn, we could go down a rabbit hole uh, in this this discussion. Add him at Scott Cervais to the Nats. How many wins do you think he brings to this team? Yeah, well, that's a, that's exactly why I picked him because I mean I remember in the the, the twenty one season with with Seattle. They overperformed their Pythagorean win total by like 14 games. So clearly the manager was do was pushing the right buttons in that case. And then mm-hmm. last year, obviously, they break into the playoffs and it's a young team still. So we got a young team. There's they got a young team over there, but they're doing really, really well. So that's kind of my thought process. There's other guys, too, that I could go to. But that was the, the reason why he popped in my head first. For sure. And like my argument and someone tried to like say I was overvaluing the manager manager position which i don't think i am at all whatsoever if anything he was undervaluing it (laughs) idiot um i think a manager can add 15 to 20 wins i'm not saying every man like a a really good manager can to this team obviously you're not gonna put someone on like the dodgers and give them 15 plus wins because the dodgers are already winning 90 games i'm saying to this team this team could go from a 55 win team to a 70 win team with good management. And I'm not saying good managers are easy to come by. Um, So don't hear what I'm not saying, but I do think there is so much potential for this team to perform better just by better management without changing the roster at all. And if you do change the roster, get, you know, (laughs) just, just MLB average players. You know, you you're looking at like a, a mid seventies to possibly knocking them on the door of eighty, but instead we're on pace for like fifty seven wins. Yeah, because well, they're just these just yeah, I had, I had decisions. One, I had one thing to add as well. I think um, if anything, you know, a manager can be the reason why you lose a game as opposed as opposed to why you win. Well, yeah, that's, that's kind of the where the wins right come from. Yeah, you're like, you're gaining wins because you're you're like it's it doesn't really look like the manager's doing anything special because they're just doing a good job. So it's like you right. kind of you kind of notice the the way that a manager causes your team to lose more than you would if you had a competent manager and you're just winning. For sure, but like win. that that's the argument because that's where the wins come from in yeah, those situations. Exactly. In like the sixteen to one game. I don't know if any manager would have like a yeah, that's salvaged a different, that. That's a different but like story, it, it's but, these yeah. competitive games because I, I I mentioned this last week. It's like if you look at the Nats like last 20 games, I think like 15 of them have been save situations. Like they've been in these games. Like mm-hmm. it's not like they're all total blowouts. And yeah. in the games that aren't save situations, they're like slightly under 500. Like they're not getting blown out like on um, Sunday's win against the Pirates. They won seven to two. So it's like, you know, they're in these games and there is a shot. Look at the past week. They're eight and eight. And I know that kind of contradicts my Davy statement, but like if you look at the pitching over the last week, that's kind of carried us as opposed to pushing the right buttons, so to speak. Yeah. And also there's situations in there where they maybe could have won a game 
like the game three of the Mets series. Yeah, and he, and we get overused Mason Thompson, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, that was the first time where he he finally showed some signs of. But like either way, he pitched him for three innings in a game where he didn't need to go three innings uh, in the pre like in the in game one of that series. He goes, I will say I freaking love the three inning save. I I, I, I was rooting for it. I I I love. Up. I but love I, I also wouldn't Thompson... have to put him in in the, the Thursday game either. Yeah, after that. But um, I'm totally with you. I actually I love when relievers can throw a ton of innings. But if they can't stay with that production, then there's no reason to push it. Like he, just because Thompson can give you multiple innings doesn't mean he has to like right. uh, and, and that. And yes, for the purposes of the score sheet, like the six innings scoreless from Gray, the three innings scoreless from Thompson, that looks so good. Like I'm totally with you on that. Like it's very aesthetically pleasing, almost. But yeah, though, uh, he unfortunately he's starting to get overused. And uh, tonight, it you know the Nats end up winning, but Thompson came in on his second day in a row and wasn't particularly amazing. And he still got some outs, but gave up the home run to Wisdom. So um, definitely got to f- try and rein him rein in his innings a little bit this month. Uh, give him a little bit of a break if they can. Yeah, and I think that's what you're starting to see is like he's good like on the days he's where great. he has rest. Yeah, he's great yeah. on the days he <laughs> has rest and like where he's feeling 100%. He is yeah. one of the best relievers in baseball. Definitely. But if he goes too long or it's not even if he goes too long, it's if he comes back before he's ready, he is noticeably different and not yeah, as effective. Stuff like he was is tonight. way less sharp and, yeah. and you get the the sinker uh, starting to go over the middle of the plate. Whereas he has been when he's sharp, I mean, he's just dotting corners with that thing. We got some breaking news. Oh, really? Um, Jake Irvin is going to make his MLB debut tomorrow. No way. Uh, Corey Abbott has been optioned back to Rochester. Wow. What the heck? Okay. That was not what I was I mean, I okay. Uh, I just figured they were gonna save Abbott for t- for tomorrow, but then they used him the other night. But then they still could have gone. Mm, interesting. All right. I don't think he's ready, but uh, it's kind of. I guess it's kind of out of necessity since they pitched a dome tonight in Rochester. They kind of backed themselves into a corner. Um, uh, I really love Jake Irvin's stuff, but uh... no, yeah, me too. This isn't uh, what the heck about Jake Irvin. This is you call up Corey Abbott to start. You, you know, Cool's going on yeah, the IL. Why was he? And yeah, then you pitch bizarre. him in relief, and they tried to frame it as, "Oh, it's a bullpen day." Uh, bullpen days don't usually last two innings, um, and especially like a day before he's supposed to start. I. Yeah, weird, definitely weird the way that they manage that. But uh, I mean, sh- Jake Irvin, I'm cool. I'm cool with this. It'll be interesting at least. Uh, I don't think he's ready, like I said. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't expect him to stay with the team that long. He'll probably just get like this start. And then, I mean, well, like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, on the IL, I guess. Yeah, it's, that's uh, uh, talk about that. Um, Jake Irvin has not been particularly good this year. <laughs> no, he's struggling with the walks, and that's why I'm saying he's not ready. But yeah, he has 11 if, walks and 22 if he, innings. If he keeps if he keeps the the walks down, I mean, 
it's pretty it's pretty hard to hit him. He's got two plus pitches in the fastball and the breaking ball, and the, the changeups are working. I mean, progress, he, but he's still giving up nine point three hits per nine innings. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's not that's. I'm not and again, this, this is not me <laughs> trying to shit on Jake Irvin. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm we not both agreed he's not sure. ready right now. <laughs> uh, I just the thought I, well, process I, I, of this team is. I I mean, it is unfortunate. You know, I'm I'm not gonna be too upset just because obviously everything got kind of upended with the Cavalli injury, and Cool was supposed to be in this role where he was going to be able to come up and take this start, but obviously he's had to pitch and then he got hurt. So, uh. But all right, Jake Irvin against the best team in the National League tomorrow by WRC Plus. Yeah. Um, good luck, buddy. Um, I'm sorry the Nationals are doing this to you. Yeah. I, I mean, just try and throw strikes, basically. Try and keep up. <laughs> if, if, if you get hit, you get hit. But try not that to was always too many guys. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm just like reading all this, all the like beat reporters. Yeah. Uh, yeah interesting okay uh yeah that was always my least favorite piece of advice as a pitcher is like uh you know either just throw strikes or you're all around it i know i'm all around it i can't throw a strike right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, no well from a pitcher's perspective obviously you're like okay so you just want me to throw meatballs in there and like obviously you don't want to do that but right no no it was just funny yeah no it was um, like semi ptsd when you said that it's fun well i was saying that's exactly what i was thinking about josiah's start the other day uh once once he got the the six run lead and he actually did exactly that so that was that was pretty good stuff from him yeah all right let's get into the nitty-gritty of it all with our good the bad and the ugly um just so we can kind of hit on all the points we want to make because obviously with eight games in the the past not the past week but well honestly the past week because of the doubleheader but uh since we last recorded we have a lot of baseball to cover and like we said it's been a lot of roller coaster up and down the the obvious place to start is josiah gray josiah gray is absolutely phenomenal absolute dog i i can't say enough great things about him um, obviously for our longtime listeners, you know, he's been on the podcast before that has quite frankly made me a lifelong fan of his don't care what happens. I will always root for him. Um, but it is nice to see the, uh, stats and production match, like the opinion of him I have in my head, uh, in the, this year, it, it's been six starts. I know that, but this year has been nothing short of just like a, true pleasure to to watch from Josiah Gray. Uh start against the Mets was the start of arguably his career. Like I don't think that's too much of a stretch to say. I mean, he's had some really good starts before, but he went 6 innings against the then NL East division leaders. 6 innings, 4 hits, no runs, 1 walk, 9 strikeouts. And it was a really kind of defining start for him like knowing that coming off the twin series where the Nats look good but if you go just slightly before that you know to the Oriole series and even the Guardian series the Nats didn't look particularly good and you know in the twins series the final game they lost and looked pretty unconvincing doing so 
and going to a division rival, especially the division leader, it's like, you know, you, you needed someone to kind of steady everything. And he did that six innings shut piece. And obviously that was the Mason Thompson three inning save game like that. That was the win of the year. And I'm not trying to be hyperbolic or anything. It might be the win of the year when it's all said and done, because it was just that good. Like I, I can't remember the last time I had that much enjoyment watching a nationals game. And that's what we've gotten from Josiah Gray through basically every start of his, you know, minus the Braves one, but it was the first start of the year. We, we won't count that. The big thing here is he's only allowed one home run since that first start against Atlanta, which was obviously, as everyone knows, his big problem last year. And the other problem he had that kind of gets overshadowed because of the home runs was the walks. Yeah, he, he walks some people, but he has scaled it down to a point where it's totally manageable. Like it, it's not, you know, top three in the league anymore or anything like that. Very manageable, keeping the hits down, keeping the hard contact down. And he's gone at least five innings in every one of his starts. His start against the Pirates, also a time after Saturday's doubleheader where he got sweep and in embarrassing fashion in a 16-1 defeat. You hand the ball to Josiah Gray, needing a, a guy to steady the ship. And he did it again. Six innings, um, three hits, one run, three walks, but six strikeouts. The one run is key there. And he didn't look good at all. Well, not at all, but he didn't look good. He really struggled. And he still found a way to bunker down, limit the walks, limit the damage, and still go six innings in a, a, a game where the Nats didn't really have many options for relievers. It was awesome. I can't say enough good things about him. Yes, you know, there, there's outlying stuff that you can really pick apart if you want to be all nitpicky and stuff. I'm just looking at what's in front of me because that that's what's most important is like the bottom line, which are side great, especially after the year he had last year. It's been awesome to see. Can't say enough about my dog, Josiah Gray. Uh, I couldn't. I mean, I think you pretty much nailed everything. The one thing I would say is I would say his start against Pittsburgh was almost as impressive to me. Yes. As his start against the Mets. And, you know, against the Mets, he he purely dominated them. There's no there's no if ands or buts about it. He dominated them against the Pirates. He lost his slider, which is his best pitch. he lost and, it. and exactly find it. he com- completely had he had no slider basically all day and he mm-hmm. still went out and he used his curveball and he used his fastball and he used the cutter a little bit and got outs and that's what you got to do that's what the best pitchers do when they don't have their best stuff they still manage to give a good solid performance keep their team in the game in that case win the game because he had a lead uh and he pitched he pitched really well after the third inning once we got the bigger lead he was like he basically, you know, was like, I got to attack the zone. Can't be walking people. And he, I don't think he walked a single batter after the third inning. Uh, and and no, he, he just went not. after guys. He just went after guys and got outs. And and uh, the the sixth inning, he, like, found his fastball and got two strikeouts at the end. So that was a good little ending uh, to actually end up with six strikeouts in six innings. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty crazy to even think about because, he re- like, he really didn't have – much of anything with the with the slider i mean he, he might have thrown like three good ones all day so just really great stuff from him uh overall and uh just super excited because like i've been i'm obviously a huge fan because he's been on the show 
and he just he's a he just seems like a nice guy. He just seems like he wants to yes. get in, get in there and compete and be one of the better guys on the on the field. So, uh, yeah, really fun to see him succeeding and hopefully continues for the rest of the year. Yep, absolutely, and certainly hope it continues because it's been one of the few time like few good consistent storylines. Like it, it's nice having a reason to tune in before like you realize you have to tune in. You know whatever the yeah the i'd argue he's a he's a must watch guy right now, right the second i would agree certainly um all right the the next guy mackenzie gore and i know he struggled yesterday we we alluded to that or talked about that earlier i i'm more focused on the, the met series because even though that's the oldest series at the time we're recording of of the series we're talking about it was the best one that's the and most important I, one too yeah and rival. I, I don't yeah. want to on the like, road just brush it aside because it's the oldest one and not the most recent Mackenzie Gore was freaking phenomenal in that series as well I didn't think we could get any better than Josiah Gray and listen I, I'm not I wasn't expecting Mackenzie Gore to get shelled or anything but Mackenzie Gore looked really damn good too yeah those arguably two pitching better. performances back to arguably back are... better which was hard yeah. to top um, and I can only imagine kind of the, the banter in the in the dugout after or the, the clubhouse between those two pitchers after uh, those two games. Oh, McKenzie you know, Gore. you know, McKenzie was all in on the next game after he saw oh. Josiah shoved the day before. He's a competitive it's, guy. So <laughs> that's what we call building off you building off your momentum or building some momentum. Yeah, freaking love that. Like it just it's it's contagious. Truly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mackenzie Gore against the Mets on. Uh, the 26 six innings four hits one run only two walks which has been really his Achilles heel uh, this season 10 strikeouts which we all knew would come eventually we had seen it in his first couple starts the strikeout stuff played it's just the walks in the overall like you know strike to ball ratio was not working in his favor it was not letting him get deep into the games like he would have to come out before the, the sixth inning because of pitch count and this one he did much better job of limiting um the kind of almost like chase pitches because like a lot of the time he's almost trying to be too perfect and trying to go like dot outside corner but instead he misses like two baseballs outside yeah that was yesterday yeah what she tried to do yesterday yeah right but in um, the Mets game, he was just like trusting his stuff. And that's why he was able to get deep in the game. Strikeout pitchers, typically, unless you're like a unicorn like Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander or anyone like that, strikeout pitchers typically aren't going to go deep in the games just because of pitch count. You know, to go, what, nine innings and 110 pitches, you throw like 12 pitches in at bat or an, an inning, whatever that math equates to like 12 pitches to get three outs like that that's it's just not a lot of room for error if you think about it if a count goes full and then you strike him out that's six pitches right there of what you're allotted and you know that that's if you know you don't have base runners or anything like that so uh you know a strikeout pitcher like Mackenzie Gore isn't going to always be able to go like seven eight innings but he's still young he's still learning how to pound the zone efficiently and just overall trust his stuff and to see it all come together against the, the Mets um, in the way it did after the game, the opening game that we talked about with your side gray. Awesome. Just truly a spectacle. Like really the only thing hurting him right now is the walks. Everything else looks great. Like 
He's um, <laughs> 69th percentile on average exit velocity. Nice. Nice. 72% barrel percentage, 82% whip percentage, 81% K percentage, like 95th percentile in extension. I mean, he's doing so much well, and he's effectively a rookie. So you expect him to build on the stuff. The only thing hurting him is walks. And if he can reel that in, he's going to be so freaking good, dude. I I can't uh, like I'm like salivating at the thought of it, like just having someone, not just someone, but two guys in the rotation that could potentially like live up to the hype. It, it's just like a dream come true. Yeah, I mean, his his uh, forcing fastball is one of the most unhittable fastballs in this league uh, because of the combination of the spin, the velo. And the extension that he gets on that pitch. I mean, he's basically releasing that thing <laughs> five freaking feet down the mound. That's an exaggeration, obviously, but like it's it's get, it just gets on hitters so quickly that they are they can't square it up. So yeah, uh, the average exit. So I was just gonna make a point to support your yeah, claim. His average exit velocity of any of his four pitches, so fastball, curveball, slider, changeup, is the lowest on his fastball. At eighty five point four miles. Yeah, an hour. The, the base numbers on his fastball are which stupid. Like, like that. That's not normal because the harder you throw, the you know more often that uh, velocity is used against you. Uh, like a harder throwing pitcher leads to a higher exit velocity if you get barreled. So the fact that he is like the lowest of his pitches when he's throwing mid nineties. Uh, is just goes to show how like hard it is to to hit. Yeah, you just they just can't square it up. They no, just they get all. it off the wrong part of the bat. Uh, he has a high ground ball percentage as well, and most of those ground balls are pretty softly hit just because guys can't square anything. And he up, throws but... it sixty percent of the time, so it's not like they're not seeing it often. Yeah, and it's it's rare to be able to throw a pitch that often and not get it crushed, but because his it's just so good, especially when he locates it right at the right at the letters. I mean. It's and he does pretty well. Like that's definitely when he goes for the strikeout, he's probably coming with that letter high fastball, and it doesn't matter if you know it's coming. Like it, it almost doesn't matter. And his curveball is a hammer, by the way. Let's not forget that pitch oh, is sure. really, really good. So if he's got both of those working, like he did against the Mets, he's basically impossible to hit. Yeah, basically. Um, and, and you know he's going to have bad starts. Like that. That's the thing you want to kind of weave into your expectations it's not going to be great start after great start great start like i'm almost dreading the the rough josiah start because it's going to happen like it, it just does and that that's not going to be an indictment on josiah it's not an indictment on mckenzie it like it just happens but i just don't want it to end like i don't oh, want yeah. my bubble to burst um so like with gore it's like okay all right, we got it. We got his bath start out of the way. Now his next start against the well, it won't be the Cubs, maybe the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. Yeah, like all right, now now we get the good gore again. Like because no, there's no way it can be two in a row or anything. Like that's kind of how my my brain's working. Um, yeah, but, we you know, obviously we hope it's not, but nah. it could it could happen. You never know. These guys are young, for sure. Um, but th- th- that's the point. It's just you know they're young. It's going. To, they're the the ones that have the excuse to have the roller coaster performances. Um, just because they are young and they, you know, are going to have good days and bad days like anyone would. Um, all right. Next guy in the good section, uh, Kaber Ruiz, uh, over his last, oh boy. Um, I just had to refresh my page and it like took me back 
Cool. I was going to say over his last seven games and give you those numbers, but I don't have over his last seven games. He's been quite good. Um, So instead, I will give you his baseball savant page. Uh, 100th percentile in K percentage. He does not strike out. Uh, 98th percentile in whiff percentage. He he doesn't miss. Um, He does need to make some better swing decisions. Like Ryan was saying last episode, how he kind of needs to swing less because he can better choose the pitches he's swinging at if he just waits a little bit longer as opposed to just swinging at anything in the zone. Um, And that might lead to some more hard hit uh, baseballs because right now he's 36 percentile and average exit velocity. If you're like seeing the ball that well, you should in theory be able to hit it a little bit harder than he is, but that that's not to, to take away from him because he's been quite good uh recently again i'm trying to pull up these numbers and they're not pulling trey you go uh i don't have the numbers either but uh, i do love me some pay bear ruiz when he's locked in which he was during the twins in the Mets series you could see the that he, that he actually was starting to take some of those pitches where he might have swung at other at other times and and honestly that Mets series he he could have been 10 for 12 I mean, he, uh, one of the games, I swear he had four line drive outs, so he was all over it. Um, and and his numbers could be even better, just like Garcia's. But uh, overall, I really like the way he's called games this year as well. I mean, um, you got kind of bad news with the Cavalli stuff, and he still managed to get some get some innings and decent performances out of some of these starters. And uh, this is actually a specific point I was going to reference in a video I'm making, but I'll go ahead and say it here. Uh, both Josiah and Mackenzie Gore referenced Ruiz in their post game after those starts versus the Mets. We love that. And we're like, basically like uh, what Mackenzie said was he shook him off one time and they scored a run. So he didn't do it again. So you love to hear that, especially with the young, the young players together. Um, so pretty much most of what Ruiz is doing is 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 good stuff. He just got to get some of these balls to drop on some of these line drives, man. I mean, he's he's uh, he's definitely a talented hitter, and uh, yeah. But like you said, sometimes those swing decisions can be can be an issue. So, uh, but he's I feel like he's you know improving uh, slightly uh, in that regard. So just it might be a it might take a while for him to not be so aggressive. But well, yeah, it's uh, certainly get there. It's certainly progress over last year, which is oh, all we sure. all we want. Yeah, no, and, he's definitely know, he's definitely continuing to grow, which is right. All all we can ask for. And for a catcher, for a catcher, we need you to grow in more ways than just offense. And he is, like you mentioned, like with his his game calling, and you know there was times last year where it didn't look like he was calling a good game, like just and not to put it all on him, but it seemed like he was. Uh, he and the pitcher, his battery mate, were like not on the same page often last, not often, but several times throughout the year. And this year it's like, I almost don't even notice it because that's how seamless it goes. Like, that's how good it, you know, that I've always said that to, to my players. It's like, sometimes the, the, the best things are the things you don't notice because it means nothing's going wrong. You know, it, it's just like, I like not having to pay attention to it because it, it's not going wrong. It's just like the way it's supposed to be. And I can just like focus on the other things, you know, um, KB Ruiz, this actually is slightly skewed because uh, I'm going to pull up his last 10 games. 
He's gone 0 for 8 to start the Cubs series. You know, no big deal. It happens. Again, had a rocket line drive in the gap or in the corner tonight. Right. Got caught. So. Right. But <laughs> still, if you even if you still include those games over his last 10 games, 312 hits, a home run, three RBIs, and four runs scored. Like, he is hitting the ball really, really well. And obviously, if you take out those Cubs games, those numbers skyrocket up because those are the, the numbers really dragging you down at the moment. He's been really, really good lately. And I don't uh, – I said this um, – Friday no no today's today's Tuesday so I said it's Sunday Sunday's lineup it was Alex call Luis Garcia Gabriel Ruiz uh Joey Manessas uh Jamie Candelario I said that's a great one through five that should not change regardless of righty lefty matchup yeah I and that was actually the same that they went with tonight so that's good that they exactly that. thank you uh they did it obviously Sunday they won they did it today they won they did mm-hmm. not do it yesterday they, they lost, lost. I mean, stats speak I'm for not, themselves. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, there, there's really no refuting that. Sorry. I'm right. Um, I, I, I just think you want a guy with that bat to ball skills higher in the order. Um, and you're not going to catch me arguing against that. I've been, I've, I've, I wanted him to hit, hit second and Garcia to hit first for a while, but I'm okay with calling the leadoff spot. He gets, gets on base a lot, so. especially recently. We will actually talk yeah. about him in a minute. Yeah. But before that, I'm going to talk about the guy who I really want to lead off, and I will die on this hill. C.J. Abrams is a dog, dude. He's a dog. Uh, Over his last 10 games, let me pull that up really quick. Uh, But if we're sticking on that Mets series really quick, well, I guess we didn't really talk about that with Ruiz. Um, But that Mets series, C.J. Abrams had his defining moment with a grand slam in what I mentioned that Josiah game was, uh, you know, one of the first games I've like been so like so encapsulated by in such a long time. Um, and it has been a long time, like three years since the, the World Series. Like that was a long time, a lot of baseball without being like, you know, as invested as I used to be. Uh, but that Mets series was super entertaining. And even though we lost that last game, CJ Abrams and the way that game was going, Trevor Williams got hit around because I, I chalk it up to the Mets had him last year and knew this like the inside track on how to hit him. Like I yeah, kinda, they were they were uh they were all over him early. Yeah, yeah I so expected they, they that. And so, you know, Trevor Williams all in all, he pitched great tonight. Like he he's he's yeah, been he great awesome this year. Tonight. Um but like we were down seven three, we were like, oh well, we won't sweep, but you know, it's still a really good series. But CJ says no, no, not yet. <laughs> so seven four bases loaded, and they're like, "Oh, CJ Abrams is up. Like, you know, he's not a home run threat." Dude goes ding dong, grand slam. It was electric. If you haven't seen it, I, I, are you living under a rock? Um, it was just an all time moment. Yeah, Over even, his... even MLB tweeted that one. Yep. I mean, they even got they even came in to, to a Nats game to tweet something we did. So yep. <laughs> how about that? Yep. So over his last 10 games, 294, 10 hits, two home runs. That's important. Nine RBIs and a double five runs. Um, oh, what the heck? I, the the way I, I pulled up, I pulled this up on stat Muse. the way they gave it to me. CJ Abrams has a batting average of 294, 10 hits, two home runs, nine RBIs and five runs scored in 10 games in his last 10 games in his career. 
So I was reading 10 <laughs> games twice. I was like, wait, what? Um, but yeah, CJ Abrams has been on fire lately. Like, yeah, like if you look at his overall numbers, they're not anything to write home about. But just look at like what he's done for you lately. The, the past 10 games, I mean, that's like a third of the season. He's been really, really good. Yeah, I definitely and, like I liked I, I liked the way he swung the bat this year. Despite, yeah. I mean, he's he's under he's below average by the numbers, but uh, he's definitely swinging the bat with a lot more confidence than he was, especially at the beginning of when he came in last year. For sure. And like, there's things he needs to get better at, but progress is all we ask. Like that, that's all we want is just progress. Like, um, you know, he, he's striking out a little bit more than you like. He's not walking as much as you would like, but it's better than it was last year. And, you know, if Ryan was here, he would talk about his barrel percentage. Like, like, he went so long without barreling a baseball. Like now we're finally getting him back to squaring up the baseball and hitting it hard and hitting it effectively because yeah, he had a, sorry to cut you off, but again, he had a one one Oh nine single tonight. I mean, yeah. one Oh nine. That's, that's impressive. He, he went three right for three tonight and had the effectively game winning RBI. Yeah. Like it was, you know, he's clutch. He's been man. good. He, yeah. Dog the, dog in him. Clutch Abrams. Clutch. <laughs> yeah. He's clutch Abrams. That That's his superhero name now. He's clutch Abram. And like the fact that he's like leading the team in RBIs, it just he is now. That's right. Yeah. Well, he crazy. was for a while. And then who I think call overtook it, but now he took it back. I believe I, him and well, call. Had, yeah. Call had a two, two tonight as well. So, probably, but like still right the guy batting first and the guy batting eighth and ninth are leading the team in RBIs. <laughs> what is the middle of the order doing? So, um, CD Abrams, there's going to be growing pains. We talked about this early in the season, the errors, the, the, some of the swing decisions, like if you can just relax a little bit and just take a step back, like you're going to like what you see. And in some cases you need to look a little bit harder and you're going to need to look at the last 10 games as opposed to the season stats, right? You know, if you just try a little bit whether it be take a step back or, you know, look about dig a little bit deeper, do some research, you know, you're going to like what you see. And he's also 22. Like he is so much room to grow and I'm excited. I'm excited. Is he going to be a perennial all-star? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not, but like, I'm liking what I see so far. And, you know, there's definitely signs of potential to grow and that that's all we want. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. All right, so let's talk about Alex Call because uh, I'm not going to apologize um, because that just wouldn't be me. Um, <laughs> but also, like, I also think it was warranted because he was really bad the week prior. Like he was really, really bad. Oh, definitely. But maybe I need to give myself some credit for calling him out, pun intended, um, because now he's awesome. Like <laughs> he has really turned it on. Uh, recently he added another home run. Like I uh, mentioned earlier, he's tied or might be leading the team in RBIs. Um, I'm actually going to refine this a little bit. I was going to pull the last 10 games for call, but let's do the last seven. It's probably even better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You went, I mean, he went oppo against the Mets and I was, All right, so I, I did last eight because that was the start of the Mets series, his okay. last eight. Oh, and that's kind of the, the, the stretch we're talking about anyway. So I should use the last eight games, his last eight games, three thirteen, ten 10 hits, a home run, four RBIs and two runs in eight games. He's also added four walks, which was actually less than 
I imagine, but that's because he's been swinging the bat so well. You're not going to walk so much when you're actually making contact. The one thing, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I tried to hold him that we contact. lost him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing that has really bugged me about Alex Call, and he did it again tonight, the freaking bunting. Yeah, Stop well, bunting. And that might not even be him. It might be. It's not. <laughs> That's a Davy special. You go ahead and talk. I'm about to have a coughing attack. Yeah, okay. talk about his idiotic bunting calls. Yeah, no, no problem. Um, we can actually reference tonight's game that uh, just ended like an hour ago. Um, so uh, Dave, Dave, these are called bunts. Like Davy really wants to bunt. He wants to put guys in in motion. Which no, I don't. I, I can't even try and put a spin on it. It does. It doesn't make sense. And tonight. He did it again, first and third. Alex Call, who who never has looked comfortable bunting, not once, no, not one time no, he's never. even laid one down properly. He doesn't look right. Uh, he's not up there to bunt. So he didn't look right again. And uh, we, it was a two-one count, and they're still putting this bunt stuff on with the runners at the corners, one out. After you have already like, tried it once and like let everyone know it's coming. Yeah, and like the the. So he. He bunts one like right out in front of the plate. Catcher gets it, throws, and gets CJ at off third base because obviously he's off third base. The point is to try and score on the safety squeeze. So like, and he was safe by the way, which they messed up that ump. The umps messed that up, but whatever. Uh, the point is that he comes back up later in the game in nearly the exact same scenario and rips a double in the gap. So why are we bunting when we can just rip the double in the gap? instead like I, I don't know it doesn't make much sense to me and uh the bunt play works like once every 10 tries and i guess that one time is the only thing that they focus on i, I and i i read this on twitter that these are called bunts these are not yeah the player's from, discretion the, yeah the, these these ones are davies calling these like this is like so i don't even think I mean, I guess you can be kind of upset for not executing the play, but like, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it shouldn't be called in the first. It place. should, yeah. It was just a poor, like, you can't blame poor execution for a poor decision. Yeah, and they do this thing now also where if C.J. Abrams gets on base in front of Victor Robles, they bunt him. I'm but glad like, you brought that up. Just steal. <laughs> yes, I, I, I mentioned that before. Over. I, yeah, I mentioned that before. But also tonight, it was the second inning, third inning, whenever the Abrams and Robles' first at bats were. Mm-hmm. Um, so Abrams singles and Robles attempts to bunt him over. I don't know if it was an error or fielder's choice, but Robles got on. I believe it was an error. It was an error on Hosmer. So you have runners on first and second right now with nobody out. That would be the time to bunt. But instead, they let call swing. And then the next time up, like Trey mentioned, uh, what? Uh, yeah, runners down the corners. They try to do a squeeze play. And Abrams gets back picked at third because he was barreling down the line because it's a squeeze play. The bunt landed right in front of the catcher, and the catcher just picks it up and throws to third. And Abrams has, he's a sitting duck. There was nothing he could do there. He actually might have been safe. Because of a really good swim move, he was one hundred percent safe, and I don't understand how they. So he did they... everything he could, yeah, and you know, replay just failed him there. And then, as Trey mentioned, like you finally let him swing, and you know, he he ropes a double to get two badly needed 
insurance runs. So it's like the bunt situation that called for it. You let him swing. It doesn't work out. And then the situation where it calls for him, letting him swing, you bunt doesn't work out. So it's like, these are the buttons we're talking about with the manager and stuff like that. It, like if you want to go small ball, use small ball in the right situations. Don't try to get all cute with the small ball approach. Like I, I'm a big advocate of small ball. Like it just, I, I like the, you know, manufacturing of runs when, you know, things aren't going right. I, I think it's a very effective. Is it effective over 162 games? No, not at all, but it can be effective in moments and in stretches. And if you're going to do it, you have to, you know, almost use at analytics to back that up. If you can't, if you can't rely on, you know, you're just, baseball iq and you're just situational awareness with a guy who already barreled a baseball in the first inning that <laughs> that's because he did that and got robbed and like yeah he's it, also like, just it, not it, a good it was what you said yeah it was what you said earlier as well if if he had been struggling like he was last week maybe yeah maybe you bunt okay maybe even then i probably don't do it at first and third with one out but you know it, i could at least consider it a possibility but the way alex calls been swinging the bat the last week yep. you can't bunt him like you have to let him swing yep and they so. did the second time at least and it worked so anyways alex call has looked great uh when he's not bunting and let's just <laughs> not bunt and oh uh sorry actually i wanted to mention one thing as well with call um call is basically what i was hoping lane, lane thomas, thomas was gonna be after the 21 uh end of the season where i was like okay high walk rate guy that'll get on base enough to be uh, worth it at the play with, with yeah. solid defense and uh, he has not done either one of those this year but Alex Call certainly has and uh, when you have the high walk rate approach like it doesn't work for everybody but when you can do it and 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 it works for you when you do have a slump uh, when you start to come back you're not those numbers unplayable. shoot way up yeah and you're yeah and you're not as you don't go as low because you're at least getting on base I mean even when he was hitting below the Mendoza line he was at like a 340 on base so um, and then when he does finally start getting some hits and some driving in some runs and hitting for some power, now he's, uh, I think, I believe he's back over, uh, 100, uh, OPS plus now, and he's pretty good defender. So that we'll take that. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Last guy that has really turned it on recently. And, uh, I know you're much more of a fan than of him than I am, but, uh, steroid Joe has, uh, <laughs> done well recently joey Meneses is 314 11 hits three rbis two runs uh in his last eight games um he has brought his batting average up significantly in that span i believe he's at like a 275 clip or something like that um still not hitting for power so i guess he's not on the the roids anymore but he's still effective and still putting the ball in play and hitting it hard and has a purpose to this lineup unlike some people um 267 he went over four tonight which really dropped it uh but yeah joey Manessis, what are your thoughts trey well i i mean i like joey as a story mostly just because it's such an interesting thing as a older guy to come up and and play well uh, and i still think he can he can turn it around he's hitting he's hitting the ball hard tell me trey um, why didn't he get called up before did something happen off the field that prevented him from playing um there was a, there was uh, he uh, no. <laughs> See, well, what had happened was <laughs> what had happened was uh, he got 
busted. There was an entanglement. Hey, but, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's no like test results anywhere. So we don't. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's hitting the ball hard. The problem is like Luis Garcia is everything is a ground ball. And so if he can start elevating, uh, especially on his hits, you know, on his batted balls towards he hits a lot of batted balls at the second baseman hard. So if he can get it up in the air and start hitting it in that gap. Shout out a, Darnell Coles. That's, yeah, I know. But that's a big that's a big difference. He starts using that right center field gap and uh, definitely want to see him hit some homers, man. I mean, he, that's what he did last year, and it's just not happening so far this year. But uh, he has, is starting to pick up his hits more consistently. So if uh, that it, maybe that's a sign that he can start to really get it going because uh, uh, the Nats need some power from somewhere. Uh, and for anywhere, really. Anywhere. We'll take it from anywhere at this point. Yep, that is for sure. So um, speaking of that power potential, we'll talk about a guy who has not been good lately. But before we do that, we're going to pause and get a word from our sponsors. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20. All right, we're back, and I am nothing if not fair. Uh, I will dish it out. I will take it when it's called for. Um, And unfortunately, I have to do this to my guy. I'm hoping this has the Alex Call effect and motivates him. But Stone Garrett has been bad recently, and it sucks. It hurts my heart. Over his last five games, because keep in mind, Davey refuses to play him all that often. Yeah, that's over like three weeks, man. Yeah. Um, one for 16, two runs, one walk, eight strikeouts. Tough. No RBIs. Um, tough. Just really tough. Uh, but at the same time, like when you're a platoon guy, it's hard to get anything going. I mean, hell, he gave Dom Smith 100 at-bats to get going. It's like if you gave Stone Garrett truly regular playing time, and I don't just mean, oh, you're going to play both games in the doubleheader, and I expect you to go four for five, like in both games. That's not realistic. Like, I mean, a regular routine, which he clearly deserves, but instead he's giving it to guys like Lane Thomas and Dominic Smith. And like, what's annoying is Dom Smith made the ugly section, but of course he's looked better recently. But I'm going to just proceed like he's the worst player on this team, which. I, I think it is potentially argument. true. Yeah. Um, but it's like instead he's giving guys opportunities who who don't profile as real contributors. But then, of course, because they're major league ball players and they've gotten to the majors, they like do something great. And I feel like Davey's looking at that as a vindication for his decision making. But he's ignoring like the 20 games prior to that where it was just like absolute, you know, nothing. 
nothing. This is Lelaine Thomas effect. Whereas like it's Stone Garrett. He's like, oh, see, he went over four in the second game on Saturday. And that's exactly why I haven't been playing him. Like, it's just, I don't know. Anyways, I, I do have to, to point it out because the Stone Garrett uh, hype isn't, you know, beating as loudly right now just because it has been rough, but I don't think that's necessarily his fault. It's, it's hard to get going. Like you wouldn't expect Jeter Downs to come in and, you know, go three for four with two RBIs because he hasn't played in like three weeks. And Stone Garrett was going through that for a while where like he didn't play in six straight games after going like, what was it? Six for eight in the Rocky series. It, yeah, it's he was awesome. inexplicable. Um, so and he, he, he kept he hit, had some some uh, yeah, extra base hits after that, too. I mean, in yeah. the Angel series, he had some hits and uh, he had uh, he got Shane Bieber a cup for a couple hits in the Guardian series. As yeah. Well. So. Basically, he's just striking out more, which yeah. is in his profile. But his profile also has, like, if you can bear the strikeouts, you're going to be rewarded for your patience because he can reward you with extra base hits and home runs. And yeah, and he also hit a couple of balls to deep right he, center he field. He scorched. Uh, he almost had a grand slam he, before he CJ Abrams very did. closely had a grand slam in that Mets game, and he hit another one. Um, in the pirate series that went to the to the warning track on right sure did. as well. So it's not like sure he did. hasn't put some good swings on some balls during that time. He's definitely struck out a lot more. And uh, but you know, it, it just bothers me because they say it's because of matchups and like but Lane Thomas is out there. I that's they're basically the same kind of platoon type guy, but Stone Garrett is just better in like every aspect. So why play Lane Thomas this much instead? It doesn't make a lot of sense. But um, yeah. And also yesterday, Nats go against a lefty, and where Stone Garrett's nowhere to be found. Yeah. So it's not. It's they're, not you, they're just talking. Stevie's talking out of his ass right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, I know. It's it's he does whatever he wants. He doesn't want to have to answer questions about it. Stone Garrett in his forty-three plate appearances already has three barrels. That's a barrel percentage of 11.1. The league average is 6.8. Like as the it, highest WRC plus on the team still. Yes, yeah, still. And yeah, he's going to strike out, but like not comparing him to Adam Dunn, but like Adam Dunn struck out all the time, but he would hit 40 home runs. So you lived with it because 40 home runs is valuable to any team, especially a rebuilding team, especially a team that's only going to win like need slug 60. Bad. Like it's just. <laughs> You make that trade 10 times out of 10, unless your manager is Davey Martinez, and then you don't make that trade, apparently. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. Not, it's not like Lane Thomas doesn't strike out. I mean, the dude strikes out like right. 25% of the time. That's really. But his batting average is so deceptive, and I almost guarantee you, like, that's what Davey is looking at. I know, because he has a ton of singles, and that's it. <laughs> and it's like, it's not like Stone Garrett's a defensive liability either. He's not. Lane Thomas is the worst defender on the team. He's like one of you know 10 people in baseball with a negative f4 yeah and, uh he's literally that has the fifth worst outs above average in baseball so like you can't argue that lane thomas should be in for defense right now he can't yeah not at all but alas stone garrett and you know you, you do deserve, deserve a little bit of uh we'll call it motivation because he you know hasn't been good recently but we believe in you we're not giving up on you yet yeah we we believe that if 
he would be given some decent consistent playing time that he could be okay the the best thing for him would be an injury no no not his injury yeah okay but someone in front of him to get injured well because yeah the the problem right now obviously is the Nats don't have a lefty to because they have all these guys that can hit lefties right but not the guy that can hit a righty so I was thinking about potentially you know I mean I don't when Corey Dickerson comes back, if he comes back, then they should option Lane Thomas and keep Stone Garrett as the platoon lefty and switch them off. Oh, they will never do that. But they won't. They'll send Garrett instead, and that's going to really be upsetting when it happens. I, I don't even want to think about it. I know. I know it's going to happen. It just is. It sucks, but it's that's what's going to happen. So, yeah. Um, the other bad part is the bullpen surprisingly enough um and like grand scheme of things were sort of middle of the pack maybe closer to the bottom than than the top but the bullpen era has really ballooned in the past couple weeks or the past 10 days or so uh we're sitting at a 419 right now which is about 20th or so three six nine why don't i don't know why they just don't number it uh 18th um so like not the worst, not the best, but it was one of the best. I think we were top 10 there for a while and we had some strong performances. So you would expect that to kind of level out. So maybe that's all this is, but you're seeing time and time again, you know, this bullpen is kind of hanging on by a thread. And I, I tweeted this out. Um, I think it was during the Mets series where it's like this bullpen is, Mason Thompson and Hunter Harvey and everyone else is like a good story. That's unlikely to continue it. And I know you're a big Thad Ward fan, so I'm not trying to, you know, lump Thad Ward in there. I'm not saying any him or any of these relievers can't be affected. He's a little different case as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little bit different, but I just mean like Erasmo Ramirez is sub two ERA from last year and Carl Edwards jr. His, you know, two seven era from that like they're just unlikely to continue and you're seeing that the nats don't really have people to turn to if thompson and harvey are unavailable and if thompson struggles or if harvey struggles you you realize the the nats are kind of screwed because they try to turn to carl edwards jr and i mean his era is the most deceptive era i was gonna bring that up too like he struggles in every single appearance. Like I he's feel been, like he's, he's been had, uh, really bad this year. I feel like he's, he's had the bases loaded in every single appearance. Yeah, yeah. he has. He has a one point seven four ERA, and it's the most. It's like you said, so it's so deceptive. deceptive. Like there's like he has not looked anything close to that level of pitch this year. All even tonight, he got out of a jam, but like he put himself in there, and then right, luckily got out of it. But right, it was and then like dangerous. Erasmo Ramirez, he'll have one good outing, and then he'll give up three runs his next outing. And it, kind of the same with Thad Ward, he'll go two scoreless innings, but then he'll go an inning, you know, walking three guys and giving up two runs, and um. You know, Hobie Harris and uh, who's uh, the last guy? I'm oh, the the Finnegan? last guy we'll talk about. What's that? Finnegan. Well, Finnegan is, I don't care to ever talk about him. I mean, but he he's a, a high stress inning kind of guy, too. Um, I was thinking Anthony Banda, but we'll, we'll talk about him in a second. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like you're realizing they don't really have a ton of dependable relievers. It's just like, are they good right now? 
and most of the time it's we'll see yeah <laughs> like that that's kind of how the bull, the bullpens go but like grand scheme of things they're fine it's just over the past week or 10 days or so like they haven't been good but over the next 10 days they could be good that's just how bullpens go in general um but it's just you know we kind of need to scale back our expectations a little bit because they haven't been good recently yeah no um you know for uh you mentioned Thaddeus Ward obviously I'm I'm a fan of his uh but I think that their ultimate plan is to try and make him into a starter eventually but they have to keep him on the roster this year because he's a rule five pick uh and he's been all right he had a really good outing last night actually but uh yeah he's got to keep the walks under control for sure that's definitely been an issue but then again uh he's another guy that barely ever pitches so I mean Davey has really leaned into Mason Thompson oh and God. Harvey. What happened? No, so, sorry. <laughs> uh, it's just like these nationals reporters and I'm not going to name names. I, I think everyone can. I definitely know who you're uh, talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like trying to give Davey Martinez credit for like letting the team swing away with the game on the line and that producing the win. Like, is he not the he, same guy who tried to go small ball? two innings before? Like all the credit, <laughs> none of the blame. Like these team shills. Oh my god! Like how can shill you... reporters just spewing out the 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 words without any critical thought to it? It's just um, well, well. Luckily, anyways. we pointed out the fact that there was two identical scenarios in this game tonight, and the one time that they did the stupid bunt, it sucked, and the one time and the other time where they didn't, it was awesome. Yeah. So it's like if. <laughs> You can't Anyways. give credit for a play that they messed up the previous two innings ago. Like, I, I saw that. I was just, I, I had such a hard eye roll. I was like, <laughs> I mean, if I burn my house down, but then go save my dog, are you going to give credit for me saving the dog? <laughs> like, yeah, no, I burned my house ignore, down. <laughs> yeah, you're going to just ignore the house fire. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, what are we doing here? Anyway, sorry. Continue with the bullpen. Yeah. So, um, Thaddeus Ward needs to keep the walks down. I, uh, I, Actually, I'm glad that we've seen uh, Andres Machado come in to the fold mm-hmm. because I don't know what they they got they got something working in Rochester with these fastballs because uh, him, Jordan Weems, and even Willie Peralta have shown these like crazy like spin efficient fastballs. And Andres Machado touched 98 yesterday, which mm-hmm. I have never seen him do. So they got something working down there. Maybe Carl Edwards Jr. needs a visit down there, and then he can come back. But uh, yeah, no, I uh, I like the way Weems threw the ball when he was when he came up and played. I actually would like to see him again. Um, I, and uh, Machado is here, and that's a good thing I think for for this squad. I feel like he's got some decent stuff, and uh, so that's good. Um, fortunately, yeah, uh, Anthony Bonda. Yeah, he was essentially here as a token lefty because we don't have one, but. Uh, a really bad lefty is still bad, so it doesn't really matter based on matchups uh, if you can't pitch to anybody, which is basically what happened. And uh, he has been DFA'd finally, which actually was it was earlier than my prediction, but still too late. <laughs> yeah. Um... So, yeah. Uh, but, you know, and then... The problem is, like you said, it's just the lack of depth that we thought we were going to have. Like, we didn't think 
maybe that Kyle Finnegan was going to be this bad. We thought he'd be not amazing, but better than this. And then Erasmo has had some struggles. Um, although I still think he can turn it around. He's got, there's some, he's got a high ground ball percentage, which is good. Um, so if he can, maybe he can turn it around, but yeah. Um, for the most part, just guys underperforming what we thought they could do. Uh, but the top Mason Thompson, Hunter Harvey, they've been great. So that's a good, that's a good thing at least. Yeah. So we'll see. It's going to be, you know, back and forth with them, but again, we're just talking about the last week or so and I haven't been great, but we'll, we'll see how they do over the next week. All right. Let's move on to the ugly segment. I put Dom Smith in there. Like I mentioned, um, the the cub series and even the end of the pirate series is really skewing my my stats here um because he's been better as of late and it's annoying well you can just point out 30 games before that where he was terrible yeah um (laughs) i will believe it when i see it like yeah he's had three extra base hits in his past what six games he also went 40 games without an extra base hit before that yeah, and I mean, if he goes 40 games and starts hitting extra base hits, maybe we can start thinking yeah. about it. But like, oh, Ryan, way too soon. Ryan would lose his mind. <laughs> um, Yeah, so we'll see if this is actually going to stick or if, you know, a, a squirrel found a nut in the forest. Yeah, after which a is while. what probably happened. It's kind of what I'm thinking, but we'll see. We shall see. He's Definitely just, not rooting against him. Seems like a really nice guy. So he does seem like a very nice I, guy. I want I want him to have success. It's just not happening. It, I'm more angry at the roster construction. Yeah, I don't definitely. mean and Dom Smith is just, you know, unfortunately the target of that anger. Um, even though he didn't create the roster. Um that being said, he is so much better at first base than Joey Manessis. Yeah, is. defensively he's freaking sick over there. But. Like Joey Manessis is so bad. Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, if, I mean, if Joey can't turn around with the the bat, then I guess whatever, play him over there. Because at that point, you're just getting a bad bat, but you might have a good glove. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. The other person in the ugly segment is Lane Thomas. Uh, we mentioned that over his last ten games, one eighty eight, six hits. He did have a home run, but the fact that he had a home run and his numbers are still this low just goes to show how bad it's been recently. Four RBI, six runs, nine games, or sorry, in his last 10 games. Um, and that doesn't even include defense, like Trey mentioned. Like, he's one of the worst defenders in baseball to start this year. Like, it's been really, really bad. There hasn't been really any redeeming factors about him. Um, and he's striking out a lot. He's not, you know, doing much to warrant such a high strikeout rate like if he was hitting a bunch of home runs then maybe you accept that trade-off like we mentioned the possibility of stone garrett doing that but otherwise like it, it's just been it's been tough to watch in the fact that he's still getting his reps in the lineup over guys who are more deserving whether that be a stone garrett or even guys like cj abrams or victor robles who you would like to see how well maybe not victor robles so much anymore but cj abrams who's Bidding, been hitting 300 over the past week. Like, why not bump it? Anyways, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Lane Thomas, ugly this week. Uh, you have any more stats on why the, the lane train is uh, no more? He's just completely lost all his power. I mean, that was the one thing he had going for him 
at coming out of the end of last year was he was the home run leader. He had 17. So you can't ignore that. Um, but you definitely can't ignore the fact that he's only slugging 333. Uh, that's not going to get it done. And there's even more reason to believe that he's gotten actually lucky because his BABIP is so high. He has yeah, he's he's 263, 263 average with a 352 BABIP. That's, and he's not slugging. That's not good. Because uh, if that comes, which it has come back down to earth since the beginning of the season, you see how you basically useless he is in the lineup. He's not doing anything. Uh, and he's striking out 26% of the time, which is essentially the same as Garrett. So he's not really doing anything to warrant playing time right now. And uh, it sucks. I was trying to hold out for him because he's had these stretches of hitting where he's yeah. been all right. And then, but he's just, it's inconsistent. And when he's bad, he's really bad. He, he was nowhere on my radar to start the year. My attention was on Dom Smith. It was on Alex Call. It was on Joey Manessis. It was, you know, on all these other guys. But then, you know, I kind of looked around and I was like, holy crap, Lane Thomas is worse than all of them. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't done anything really. Like, there's been some plays in right field where he's looked outright horrible. Like, I, I feel like Lane Thomas is who... Davey Martinez thinks Stone Garrett is <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like he's got them mixed up because Lane Thomas has been terrible. And listen, you know, last year I was fine with him as a fourth outfielder. Again, I had no issues with him, but if you go off of this season, it's been terrible and there hasn't been any redeeming factors. And it's, yeah, if you're going you know, off this year, he can't be a fourth outfielder. He can't be on a roster. Yeah. Like he needs, I, I don't know if he has options. Yeah, he needs to be sent down. Yeah, no, they need. I I was I was saying, that's what I was saying when Dickerson comes back. That I I really they if they do the right thing, it would be sending Lane Thomas down. Oh man, I hope, I hope. It's all right. not. We know. We we all know it's going to happen. Just just mentally prepare yourselves, everybody. <laughs> all right, last one. And I I feel bad. I don't want to kick horse while he's down. But Anthony Bonda. Uh, did make this section prior like when we created the show doc prior to the news that he was being dfa'd um it's so not, it's not his fault he shouldn't have been in, on this team no. it's just he was there because they needed they thought they needed a left-handed pitcher and that's just how it, he's you just not, don't need just... a lefty in the bullpen when you're a 55 win team just pit like have the best pitchers yeah you, yeah. you can and yeah, I, I'm not playing I, matchups very often. <laughs> I mentioned this when it happened. I was stunned that the team DFA'd Andres Machado. I I was like, I didn't expect that whatsoever. Yeah, he, he, he looked great in spring as well. He, he was he great was last great. year. Like, yeah. truly. Uh, I, I'm going to pull it up so I'm not talking out of my ass. But, like, when I got or saw that news, I was like, holy hell, they must have really high faith in the, the, the rest of these guys um, to, to DFA him. Like last year, great might be a slightly exaggeration, but three, three, four in 59 innings last year was super solid. And even in 2021, he had a three, five, three in 35 innings. He threw 60 innings last year. Yeah. Like wow. he, he, he that's was actually, okay. Yeah. Super he solid. I didn't even realize he had thrown that many innings, but yeah. 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 So well, like I said, I'm glad that he's got, get, gotten a chance now. So, uh, yeah. And like I said, he's touching, touching 98 miles per hour with the fastball. That is nothing to scoff at. I mean, and it's, it's got that good ride on it too. So like I said, I don't know what they're doing in Rochester, but they got something working down there. 
Yeah, what, <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, keep doing yeah, it. Keep I guess. giving me these heaters for real. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, that concludes the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, we will see who goes where <laughs> next week uh, when we record. All right, I have a little game for you. You ready for this? Okay, sounds fun. All right. So to wind down the show, we're going to play a game called over or under. It's pretty straightforward, self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a, a situation and you're going to say over or under. Here we go. Okay. You'll, you'll pick it up. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you an easy one. The Washington Nationals over or under 58 and a half wins. Uh, well, I'm still going to take the over. I took that's what I would have taken uh, on their base win total. I just I did the the white now. guy surprised look. <laughs> I'm still gonna take the because they've they've been in these games. Um, they've played hard, so I want to believe that some of these uh, guys will really start to break through and get get a get on a decent. Win. I mean, you know, fifty eight and a half is not a lot. Like I figured that they could get to sixty, so I'll I'll stick with the over for now. Just barely though. <laughs> hey still the over but just barely well whatever works my guy whatever works all right um so we'll, we'll go luis garcia over or under 12 home runs all right we'll say 11 uh, and a half that way we can get a true over or under he's at two right now about what i'm I, i'm weighing my my like I I'm, I love Luis Garcia on this side and Darnell Coles I don't like on this side. I think he's capable. We're eighteen percent of the way through the season. Uh, I'm gonna go with the over. We're gonna believe in my boy Luis, <laughs> but it's it it's not his fault. Like <laughs> they want him to hit the ball on the ground. He's just got to get it up in the air a bit more. Yeah, but yeah, he's he's got two. So and he had them in three games of that's true of each other so yeah i'll say maybe he gets like a four game maybe he gets like a four homer streak in like a 10 game stretch or something so we'll go with the over all right victor robles has six stolen bases right now over or under 19 and a half on the season over blowing it out of the water if he plays every game yeah i mean at this point close i feel like he's sat like one he's or the only games. guy that they let run yeah that's true <laughs> it's all right so we'll we'll do cj abrams then over under 18 and a half he's at three right now it, sh- it should be easy over but they don't they don't run him so ever they want to bunt him over i'm gonna i'll take the under because just because <laughs> they won't let him go if they would let him run he'd smash that yeah this is true all right we'll go to the pitching side now um I mean, this is tough because of the run support factor in all of this, but you know, you can weigh that into your decision. We'll start with Josiah Gray. He's, he's had a decision in every single start. He's had his four losses, but I think three of them are not his fault. That means two wins through what I say, 18% of the season mm-hmm. over or under 10 and a half wins. Oh man. You know, it's funny. He was the opposite last year. He yeah. got some wins where he maybe didn't deserve them. And now he's getting he's getting degromed, except for the last two starts. He's actually gotten some run support. So, oh, I'm going to say I'm going to go under. And it's it's not going to be because Brutal. of him. 
brutal. It's not going to be because of him. I just, you know, he's, he had zero runs of support through four games. That's really, really bad. So yeah. I'm gonna, I'll say that might continue on and he will finish with less. I'll, but I bet you he finishes with far better numbers than he did at the end of last year. So uh, I don't care about wins and losses generally. But, yeah, I'll say the under. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're going to go right back to a little bit. Actually, no, we'll go to Mackenzie Gore next. Cause it's the same question. Mackenzie Gore over or under 11 and a half wins. Over. Um, yeah. Cause they've given him support for the most part, uh, since I believe he's been provided the most support of any pitcher in the rotation. So because of that, I'll not having over. the numbers in front of me, I would agree. Yeah, just just based on my memory of these games, like he's he's had some runs, which is I wish everyone could have some runs. That'd be good. But because of that, I'll take the over. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go back to Josiah Gray. Last year, 148 and two thirds innings. Right now, he has not gone a single start where he's gone less than five. So the question is, Josiah Gray. Over or under 169 and a half innings. Ooh. Oh man. He made 28 starts last year. Yeah, I know. He he didn't finish all of his starts, but like, oh, this one's really tough. I, I feel like it's a really good line. That's like, yeah, that one's like man. Okay, because we've we've already been going for a while. I'll just cut it short. I, I I'll take the over. I'll take the over because I like it. This is assuming he gets all his starts and he has, he has more ways to get guys out now uh, than just the strikeout on the slider. So that's going to help him in situations to get some quicker innings. And uh, yeah. So because of that, I'll say the over, it's going to be really close. It's going to be right on that line. (laughs) I would think if he stays healthy all year and everything, it's going to be really close but I'll take the over. All right. Final one, Patrick Corbin over or under ERA, a 5.50. He's right around there right now. It's five, seven, four. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take the over, even though he's actually pitching a little bit better than last year. Uh, The run environment around the league is a little bit. Yeah. The run, the run environment around the league is a little bit higher than last year. So I will say the over, even if he does end up probably pitching a little bit better. He's had some decent outings, like not not getting completely destroyed every time. So that's better, but it's still not good. But yeah, we'll we'll say the over because of the run environment and because he's bad, but also because most mostly because of the run environment. Yeah. Um, final question. Not well, that that does it for over under. Why are the Nats so bad at home? It's funny. Uh I and it's it's like a full team wide thing too. Like I remember they were talking about Josiah's struggles at yeah. home, and he's actually been all right this year besides the uh, Braves game. But uh, yeah, it's like every like C.J. Abrams was like had a split that I that they pulled up at some point where he was hitting like three ninety five on the road and like one eighty at home. And so I don't know, man. It's weird. It's just a weird uh, thing. Yeah, like CJ Abrams. Twelve or something. CJ Abrams, two seventy one, three fourteen, five twenty one, on the road, two thirteen, three oh two, 
255 at home. That that is a that slugging is crazy. Why can't he? So he's 830 uh, OPS on the road and a 550. That's OPS wild splits. And it's it's not it's it's Gray. It's him. It's Lane. It's tricking everybody. Nats Park bad place to play play baseball. Yeah, unless every other team that comes in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's actually a pretty decent hitters park so it is it's so weird i don't i don't know it's uh it's bizarre yeah cj abrams also really bad in day games what, what's his not what's his slash line uh all right in night games he's 288 373 481 kid loves the bright lights day games 186 222 279 you know what that tells me CJ Abrams might be a vampire. <laughs> Nailed it. Yep. So oh, we, we may have found the secret to his success. Only night games allowed. Only night games from here on out. <laughs> yeah, we gotta find it's good we to gotta know. find the specific shortstop that is really, really good splits during the day. Yeah. And then platoon them. Yeah, exactly. Man, those those four PM games where it's gonna be like right in between. Maybe yeah, just those defense are be replacement. The tough ones. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe you play the maybe you play Vargas that day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that does it for this episode, Trey. You got anything else? Any final thoughts before we let you go? Uh, not anything besides thanks for having me. And uh, the YouTube channel is continuing to grow at a good pace. We're almost at 700 subscribers now, so that's pretty dope. Uh, so we appreciate you guys tuning in, and uh, I will be posting even more stuff as we continue to go throughout the season. So check that out if you haven't already. Can't wait. Can't wait, Bart Scott. (laughs) Michael Scott, Wayne Gretzky, Bart Scott. All right. That (laughs) does it for this episode. We appreciate you guys listening. You guys can follow Trey on Twitter at reverse two R's, two S's. Uh, Myself at the Coach Moose show at Half Street High Heat. Um, I don't know what the plan is for next week. Um, If you guys follow Amanda on Twitter, which you should. Be sure to send her some uh, n- nice wishes, good thoughts. She's got a lot going on. Uh, Ryan, I imagine, will be back. He just, you know, is busy being a baller. Uh, but we'll be back. Maybe we recruit Trey next week. We'll see if he's busy. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. All right. Anyways, that does it for this episode. Appreciate you guys listening. We will be back next week. And in the meantime, let's go Nats. Let's go baseball. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team is mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the cause has passed the wall to see you later. the early light of dawn well you can see they're running scared cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are and bursting in the air tell the library of congress that they might not want to look cause we're putting curly w's in every book let's go nets we've got a game to play we're gonna win today
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.